Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. She was an EMT. Is married to a police officer. She knows the struggles and difficulties that law enforcement and first responder families face. She's here to tell their story and the unique way she gives back to law enforcement and first responder families. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the Houston, Texas area, Kimberly Colley on the phone. Kimberly, thanks for joining us on Law Enforcement Today's show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show because you bring a lot of different perspectives that people don't get a chance to hear about. Number one, you've been a career EMT and you're also the spouse of a law enforcement officer, correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. So you see the side of first responder work that most people really can't even imagine. And all they go by, unfortunately, is what they hear about in the news and Hollywood and all that. Right. And how inaccurate is that? You know, it, it definitely paints a different picture from reality. I know my husband, when I was still working actively on the ambulance, my husband had just started his career in law enforcement, so we did have a little overlap in making scenes together. And it, um, In a good way, showing up at the same scenes for ser- calls for service compared to making scenes. Having <laughs> When I think of making oh. scenes with my wife, it's an argument. I totally understand. I got you on that. So you guys would have some overlap. You'd be at the same calls for service. We were, yes. And it was, um, it's it's really awkward because, you know, you, you get so in a rhythm of handling the calls because not any single call is the same. And, but you just, you have your same pattern of how you approach certain calls and being there with a loved one actively working a scene, it absolutely puts a different perspective and a more heightened sense of what's going on when we're both there together. I can't even begin to imagine that. I'm on a second marriage. My wife, Stephanie, we've been married, I think, like 19 years now and been together almost 21. Uh, And unfortunately, my first marriage, due in part to my inability to handle better 
the stressors and trauma that came with police work ended in divorce. But I can't imagine showing up the same calls for service and having the same horrendous stuff and both of us having to deal with it. Right. And, you know, fortunately, we didn't have any scenarios that way. We came very close once where I was coming off duty while my husband was still on duty and there was a very tragic active scene and it was um, it, it was the murder of an entire family mm. and I actually heard the call drop across the radio first called him to see if he was en route to it and I was trying to get through my dispatch to be dispatched to that same call and for the grace of God we were not the EMTs that I, that I was with at the time, we were not dispatched there. And it, there there was just something about it. You know, it, it, I don't think both of us together could have handled the sights and the sounds that were with that particular call, um, which kept me from going. I was not the closest ambulance at the time, so we didn't get dispatched, but my husband did. And he was the last one to leave that scene, which, of course, took, you know, uh, close to 18 hours yeah. to finalize that scene and he still deals with it today and that was almost five years ago i'm almost relieved that both of you weren't there and i say that because in every first i can't speak for all first responders but in every law enforcement family we have the law enforcement officer you have the spouse and they can be male or female the roles in it's not gender specific at all and there is a big need and a lack of understanding outside of the family dynamics for support for one who's been through all that trauma. And and by the way, the EMTs, they see that trauma daily, whether it be acts of violent crime, tragic accidents, uh, unexpected illnesses, falls, all these things, they deal with death and serious injury daily. Our law enforcement officers do too, so to both you beat at the same time, I'm glad you weren't. Right. And, and I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it just, it's amazing how things work out the way that they're supposed to be. And that particular day, there was definitely a higher power that was um, more in control than what I was trying to generate. I can already tell we have so many great things to talk about. It's going to be very intense, very in-depth. I don't want to uh, lose track of time. I do want to talk about something you're doing now the help law enforcement families and first responder families called the Blue Bow Foundation. What is that? Well, what the Blue Bow Foundation is, is we are a 501c3, which is a nonprofit, to help support law enforcement officers as well as their families. There are a million nonprofits and support groups out there for law enforcement, but what differentiates us from the others is that we take a proactive approach with these families. And it's not, again, it's not just the officer, but it's those that support those officers that are out on the street. Because what you don't realize um, that, that I found is that I didn't think about the emotional aspect that the officers bring home after they have worked their shift. And really and truly, most of their shifts are not a typical eight hours. You know, you can never tell when a, a call is going to be dispatched and they're just, they're constantly filling up their emotional and psychological buckets of sights and sounds of what they're seeing out on the streets. And when they come home, they're trying to protect their family and they're not getting that relief to kind of unload on what they just went through. And when they don't get that outlet, 
you know, obviously it causes problems, and it's only a matter of time before it's going to become something bigger than they're able to handle. Hence what I said in my experience. I I believe that was a big part of what caused the end of our marriage, And, and part of it was I did not want to burden my family, my wife, who we had young children. I did not want to burden her with the fear and everything else that came along with the job, so it was generally things are fine until they weren't fine anymore, and then it was... It was almost like the, what's still saying that trying to close the barn doors after the cows already escaped. It was already tragic at that point. Right. And that's one of the things that we really try to focus on. Um, one of the services we do offer is emotional counseling, but that, that doesn't mean it's necessarily a clinical setting. It can be like this weekend, for instance, we have an event and it's a very family friendly event. We want to encourage the the officers as well as their family to spend time together to enjoy being around one another and just try to have a release of reality of what they do. Where can people get more information about Blue Bow Foundation? They can visit our website at www.bluebow.org or they can find us on Facebook, which is bluebow-tx.com. And right now, you, pretty much your services are all uh, confined to the Houston, Texas area and surrounding counties? Not necessarily. We are expanding beyond that. We have um, we teach the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University program as one of our services and a class that we have. So we've got uh, three out of state, a couple from Kentucky and Michigan. So we are definitely expanding. It just we started in the Houston area and it was easier you know, to relay with people locally, but the more they learn about us and our services and see how we interact with the officers and their families, the bigger our circle is becoming. I have a funny feeling that once people hear more about this, you're going to grow and you're going to grow rapidly. So again, give people the website address where they can get more information. Yes, sir. It's www.bluebow.org. We are talking with Kimberly Holly from Blue Bow Foundation. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677 get your free starter kit until 500 are gone you'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk largely tax-free and get 90 percent of the work done for you for pennies that's 800-956-0677 800-956-0677 again 800-956-0677 that's 800-956-0677 We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments 
for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit adoptuskids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Back to our conversation with Kimberly Colley of the Blue Bow Foundation. Online, our website is Blue bow.org that's b-l-u-b-o-w-o-r-g uh, a little joke that kimberly and i have had i just want to let people know in case you hear me call her by different names uh, she has a habit being from the south and being that i'm an older guy she has a habit of calling everybody sir or calling me sir every time she turns around and i'm like that makes me feel ancient so i said <laughs> to kimberly every time she calls me sir i'm gonna call her by a different name so we're turning our conversation with jennifer and uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, before we get into more of your experience as EMT and a law enforcement family, I noticed you, you talked about one of the, the things you offer in addition to the emotional support. And that, that's a broad term. We say emotional support. There's, I believe that for, and I want to speak for first responders in the law enforcement world, I believe that no one understands law enforcement officers and their families like other law enforcement officers and their families. And it doesn't really matter where they come from. Uh, there is a, a wide area that we have a common understanding and we can talk to each other in a way that no one else seems to be able to. So the emotional support, I think, is, is huge and is a huge value. But something I noticed on your website you do that really got my attention is, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but you spend time teaching and trying to help people get into a better financial preparedness situation. Right. Now, one of those things, that it actually stemmed from something that my husband was told when he first started his career in law enforcement. And as most everybody knows, officers work extra jobs all the time. And on their extra jobs, they're paid very well. And most of the times they're paid in cash. So when they start working extra jobs, their standard of living goes up and up. But what they don't take into consideration is that they go away as fast as they come. And if that happens, then they're stuck with all of these living expenses that are based on their extra job income 
and now they're hit with the hardship of reality of just their base salary. And that kind of puts them in a tailspin. And when you start adding the financial issues along with the psychological issues in law enforcement, it starts to create a much bigger problem. I've heard this from so many people. Um, I mean, firefighters, EMTs, law enforcement officers, and we've, we've said many times, you're one bad call away. You get a bad call for service where you get shot or you, you're hit by a car or something horrible happens and you wind up sustaining catastrophic, life-changing injuries and your career's over. And almost every one of them to a person said, I was financially ruined. I mean, to the point where some of them were homeless and that right. it's very real. I, I can only tell you people from my own experience, I got hurt and it was determined that after many surgeries and steel plates and whatnot, my career was over. I was 33 years old. Uh, granted, it was a long time ago, but I thought that once I got that retirement of the line of duty disability, 66 and two thirds, I'd be on easy street. I wasn't. I lost about a quarter of my income and our health insurance tripled to a point where it's a third of my pension. Then you take away all the overtime that we depended on as a family to sustain our, our style of living, and the results financially were indeed catastrophic. Right, and that very same thing happened to me as well. I was on the ambulance for almost six and a half years, and after some random event that happened, my husband and I were sitting in the backyard having dinner, and I had my first seizure. And as most of us know, when you start having neurological deficits, that you can't you're not supposed to be driving behind the wheel and, you know, there's just a, a method of things that you have to go through to make sure that you're okay to be behind the wheel of whether it's just an, an automobile or in my case, an ambulance. And I wasn't able to drive the ambulance. And because of that, I had to find a different source of income because I couldn't do what I've always loved to do. And it does, it, it's hard, you know, even if you're fortunate enough to find another job, making the same amount of money, you still have that downtime of when you got your last paycheck and when you're going to get your next paycheck. And it just, it creates havoc on first responder families. I've also heard from a lot of law enforcement officers in particular, well, not just any state, but I'll I'll say I've talked to several in the state of Texas where they work for sheriff's departments. And some of the departments have two divisions. They have a civil service division where there's some protections for that officer. And then there's an at-will and some of these people were at will. They got hurt in the line of duty and were wound up being fired before they were even successfully able to complete the workers' compensation deal. It's, it is so hazardous. And the big hazard, of course, we all talk about the line of duty deaths. They are very emotional. It's very important that we do talk about them. We do remember them. We do honor them. We do take care of their families. And in many ways... Those officers who are killed in line of duty, their families are much better off financially than those who survive and have catastrophic life-changing injuries that can't do the job anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're very right about that. And that's, again, where we feel that we make things a little bit different on the Blue Bow Foundation side is that we're not just an organization to throw a lump sum check at somebody when they're, whether they're hurt or whatever the situation may be. But we, we follow up with them because it's not just a one-time thing. You know, there's, there's so much more that goes into a servant's heart than just the injury that they sustained. You know, it just, it's hard because no, 
single one is alike, but, you know, we just, we take that extra step and that extra pride in what they do and what they've sacrificed. And we want to be there every step of the way to get them back on their feet again. I applaud you for that. I applaud you for what Blue Bow Foundation does. And I forgot to say this earlier. Thank you so much for your service. It's very much appreciated. Oh, well, thank you. And same to you. You've, you've done so much out there and that's, that's very um, admirable. Some of the things we're talking about here not only apply to first responders, law enforcement officers, their family members, but the general population as well. I mean, most of us are one illness away, one accident, one injury where they're off work for a week or so from financial ruin because we're living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm I'm still one of those people. And it's hard to get out of that situation when you're married and you have other bills and we're involved in pet rescuing and, and all this other stuff. And I always get out of my wife like, I wish we saved as much money as we spend on taking care of other people's homeless pets. <laughs> You're right about that. It, There's a lot of us, I think, that fall into that category. Yeah, it is never seems to be enough, no matter what you do. So what would be your first piece of advice for a typical first responder, law enforcement family financially? They're young. They don't have kids yet. What's the first thing you would tell them to do? The first thing I would tell them to do is to make sure that they both together commit to working on their finances. I mean, there's there's no way around that, but it has to be something that they commit together to focus on. And how many arguments do you think that would save if they both got on the same track? It's a constant thing. It is a constant thing. And, you know, I mean, even as a somebody that's not a first responder, finances are a struggle in any marriage. And then when you start complicating your career with your financial issues, you know, it it becomes a big cobweb. So it's, we're very passionate about teaching people how to better manage their money to increase the, their marriage. Yeah. Uh, So many marriages are, and, and great relationships are ruined because of financial stressors and i've heard it from many many people uh that were shot that survived that have had horrific injuries and then they have to deal with the aftermath afterwards not just the physical recovery not just the emotional mental recovery or what goes through of 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 living through these horrifying incidents but then you have the financial stress on top of it and that that combination of the three oftentimes kills marriages i mean marriages that everybody thought were the ideal couple that they had it going on absolutely and i personally have experienced that which again is one of the reasons we're so passionate about the services that we offer and part of that is our financial counseling because it you know if it's something that you just neglect and you don't continually discuss together for your household then it it's going to spiral out of control and it's hard enough just to put on a uniform or to watch your spouse leave to go for a shift. But then when the officers are not comfortable with where things are at their home, then that just complicates what they're going to be faced with potentially while they're on duty. And if we can help alleviate that a little bit and you know give them a clear mind as they're, they're headed out to go to work their shift, then you know we've done we've done something good for officers we are talking with kimberly collie of blue bow foundation this is law enforcement today's show we'll be right back got an old car 
You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-9435-800-280-9435-800-280-9435. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-9435. So many people ask me, how did I transition from police work to a career in radio? Plus, host of the syndicated Law Enforcement Today radio talk show and podcast. The answer is simple. I attended the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, where I learned by doing. At the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, students learn in months, not years. For veterans, some or all your tuition could be covered by your VA benefits. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, training in audio, video production, television, sports, podcasting, radio, and web development. Get more information. Call 800-887-2346 or online at gocsb.com. For special offers and consideration, tell them you heard about them from Law Enforcement Today. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-589-1848-800-589-1848-800-589-1848 that's 800-589-1848 Return our conversation with Kimberly Colley calling us from the Houston, Texas area. Kimberly is a law enforcement spouse and also, I would say, a former EMT. We'll talk about her status with that in just a moment. She's no longer doing that uh, due to health concerns. And her and many of the folks have a great nonprofit, a 501c3 called the Blue Bow Foundation. You can get more details about what they do, what they offer online at blue, that's a color blue, bow. Dot org. That's B-L-U-E-B-O-W dot O-R-G. Kimberly, you talked about being a, an EMT, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you developed a seizure disorder. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd never had issues with that before, right? No, I had not. It just it came out of nowhere. You know, all my life I had been very healthy, very active in sports, and never had any issues whatsoever. And I mean, literally out of the blue at dinner one night, I just, I had my first seizure and neurologists couldn't figure out 
why it happened, if it was going to happen again. You know, it just, it was very odd and frightening, needless to say. They are frightening to see. And I've seen many in law enforcement and some, some, quite a few that were alcohol related, but that's not all of them. There were quite a few were people with epilepsy and, and that's very treatable. I'm by no means a medical expert, but that's very treatable. And then you have the unexplained ones where they seem to come out of nowhere for no reason. They can't diagnose really why. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, it's one of those things that it could have been from a traumatic brain injury from a car accident 10 plus years ago. You know, unfortunately, with your brain, you, it's hard to detect whether injuries are old or new. And and in my case, it that I kind of fell in that gray area. It's just it's the unknown as to why and if it'll con- continue to happen or if the medication's going to control it. There's just no way of knowing, unfortunately. I'm hoping it does control it and it helps because it is frightening to see. And I, I couldn't imagine my wife going through that or anyone I love. Uh, it's horrifying to see when it's a stranger you don't know. Mm-hmm. One of the misconceptions we hear all the time, and I hear, and I sometimes fall prey to this, is that our EMTs don't face physical injury. You think of uh, car accidents. We just had a bad car accident where a fire ambulance a vehicle pulled out in front of them when they're full license siren and they T-boned the vehicle and flipped over and everybody, including the passenger who was a, a sick case were injured. The driver of the car was killed. It, very easy for EMT to suffer traumatic brain injury. And I'd never associated TBI traumatic brain injury with law enforcement or firefighters or EMTs before I only thought of it with combat veterans. And then I had my eyes open just from Things like car accidents. I never considered how prevalent it was. Well, and that's just one of the things, too, that it's not discussed very often because first responders typically work on adrenaline. When the sirens or the tones go off that they're dispatched to a call, you know, they they just immediately, their adrenaline takes over their body. And that's really and truly how a majority of them get through their calls. They go in, they rely on what they're trained to do, they do it. And then once the scene where they've dropped a patient off at the hospital is, you know, quote unquote over, then that's when it hits them what they just went through, whether it's climbing through a car to try to hold somebody's head still so that they don't sustain a greater spinal injury or they're pulling somebody from a burning building or whatever the situation may be. You don't you don't feel those you know, those bumps and bruises until maybe a couple days later. No. Yeah, I, I always tell people, I never really had it, with the exception of maybe doing raids uh, or certain calls for service where you knew it was going to be bad on the way there, you rarely had time to, to be fearful. When I say fearful, I'm not talking about being scared, hiding in the corner, sucking your thumb. I'm talking about being very much aware of, of what's going on and that that you've got the adrenaline going you talked about that already usually it was afterwards that you really try to come to grips with oh my goodness what did i just go through how close did i just come to being killed or trying to make sense out of the tragic things you saw mm-hmm. well and that's you're so right about that because again when you're on an active scene you know whatever type of first responder you are, you're focused and relying on your training to get you through it. But what you don't think about is the public that may have access to that scene. 
you know, you'd hope that it could be controlled, but that doesn't always happen. There's always a family member that comes out of a room that you weren't expecting or some car that comes flying past you when you're on the streets working an, an automobile accident. And, you know, you're so focused on doing your job that you do run into those those reality checks that somebody could come barreling through and change the the trajectory of the entire scene. And, you know, there's there's good good outcomes and then there's also bad outcomes to that. And rarely are they ever the outcomes we want. Sometimes you get some sort of feeling of satisfaction that you really made a difference. You helped save someone's life. Um, but those were few and far between. A lot of what I felt was powerlessness that so many of the things you did, you, you went about, you did what you're supposed to do, you followed your training, you tried your best to help, and you couldn't do it. Sometimes they just died anyway, no matter what you did. Well, and you again, you're right about that. And also the unfortunate side of first responders is that we work on such a, a fast turnaround in our time. You know, we, we have certain criteria that we try to stay within when we're on a scene and that's to you know resolve the the situation and get them to further help and then that's where it ends so you don't have that that follow-up of knowing what the outcome is if you know unfortunately if it is some sort of um tragic death then obviously you you get it there but you know again you still don't come through complete closure until much after those calls and that's where, again, you know, we're so passionate about making sure that you have an outlet to utilize to get some of these thoughts and feelings out there in the open so that you can start to heal and better manage the next scene that you're going to be put in front of. In your experience as an EMT, what would you say was the worst type of calls, the worst type of incidents that, that you and most EMTs struggled with? You know, I, I get that question, and I'm sure most uh, medical professionals get that same question, and it's always expected that it, it's some gory, shoot 'em up kind of scene, but really and truly, that's not it. The problem comes in when you're dealing with the medical side. You have a patient sitting in front of you. You can see them, but, you know, down on a biological level, you can't figure out what's going on chemically, what's causing them to have these aches and pains or, you know, these these problems that they seem to have, and we can't fix it. That's what is problematic for most first responders that are serving on an ambulance, I feel. I mean, we can all put a Band-Aid on something and make it stop bleeding or apply a tourniquet or something like that because we can see it, but it's the unseen that becomes a problem. And I can see your point very, very well. I always struggled with uh, calls for service with uh, young young children, that especially when they were injured, and especially when they were injured by a family member, uh, like with child abuse, uh, putting right. cigarettes out on them, all those sort of things that just it's like a full frontal assault on your your brain, your psyche, your emotions. It's hard to. It's very difficult for me to comprehend how and why someone would do that. I can understand getting upset. I can understand getting mad. I can understand all those things. I can't understand deliberately, consciously setting out to hurt your child uh, or your spouse in domestic violence cases. That's something I've never quite understood, and I don't think I ever will. Right. 
Well, and unfortunately, here in Houston, we have a active case that's going on that's very similar to that. You know, it's it's a family member that has done harm to a child, and it is hard to understand. And you, you know, I don't think anybody can really put themselves in those shoes to figure out why. But um, you know, just hope that investigators can do their job and get an outcome that will somewhat be satisfactory. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with Kimberly Colley. Kimberly is uh, a law enforcement spouse, uh, has been EMT, and is actively involved in helping first responder law enforcement families with their 501c3 Blue Bow Foundation. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603 If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today show, never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, joined by Kimberly Colley. Kimberly calling us from the Houston, Texas area. Uh, Kimberly is or was an EMT. Are, are you considered former now, retired, or what's your status? I still carry my certification, so I, I do tend to help out when and if there's ever a need. Okay. And I want to thank you for that. You're also a a law enforcement spouse. Your husband's a police officer. And you have an organization that you are one of the directors of, I believe. Uh, It's called Blue Bow Foundation. 
get more details. We'll talk about what they do in just a moment. Their website is blue, the color blue, B-L-U-E, bow, B-O-W, dot org. You've been married how long now? Is that too personal to ask? No, of course not. No, it will be 12 years in July. And how long has your husband been a police officer? I've been a police officer for almost six years now. Okay. So he's getting to the point uh, in his career where he's not quite the salty veteran, but he's a veteran. Uh, And this is where they start becoming very, very good at their job and very, very good at, and proficient, I say, at you know, being a law enforcement officer and, and handling people and keeping calm and, and keeping a calm state when they're on hectic scenes and in teaching new officers. The, these older officers that are experienced are vitally important to our communities. And I, I hope it continues on. Unfortunately, so many people in law enforcement at the six to 10 year mark wind up bagging it and saying, I'm done, I'm going elsewhere. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing that we were recently talking about is the five to seven year kind of turnaround, unfortunately. And I feel that, you know, it's just it's a lack of training. It's a lack of preparation and just that ongoing support that they need where they're lacking. And they don't do this job, or at least I didn't, for the pay. Uh, It was always good to make more and have overtime. It was a real calling, just like an EMT is. It's a a vocation. You really want to help people. I know it sounds corny, uh, but the truth was that's why I did it. Uh, But I can remember times in my own career before I got hurt and retired where I was seriously talking to my wife saying, maybe I should look at being an insurance salesman. Maybe I should do something else. Right. And, you know, that's because of the life of a first responder is they're always on duty. You know, you're, you have a duty to act regardless of whether you actually have on a uniform or you're in street clothes. If you witness something, you know, it's our duty to try to offer assistance to that. And it's, it's hard, not only as an individual, but, you know, it, even when we're out to dinner, I typically have to have my back to the door so my husband is facing forward and can see everything that's Hello, coming and that's, going. that's my world. My wife knows. She picks the <laughs> seats out for us. She knows already. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just one of the things I quickly learned that I knew nothing about. When my husband got into law enforcement, I had no idea that there were all of these Facebook groups available in trying to help those that aren't familiar with the law enforcement world get accustomed to it because there's a lot of little things out there that the normal public doesn't necessarily see or think about um, because, you know, they may be an undercover or, you know, they're, they're typically, officers are typically always carrying a weapon. And if there's a need, they're there to help serve and protect. Absolutely. And by the way, I just talked about experience when carrying a gun and, and some people glamorize it. Uh, it, it and it's not glamorous it's it's a burden it's a responsibility that you're always aware of and you have to be prepared to take action if need be at a moment's notice and it's you become very used to having it but i think the burden responsibility never quite leaves you you're always aware that you have that oh, most definitely you know you just it's funny how you start to especially the longer you're in a lifestyle of a first responder, it's the little things. Like when you're, you're at the movie theater with your family and you sit down in your chair and instead of getting your drink and your popcorn situated, you're paying attention to where the exits are, who's sitting around you, what potential problems could arise. And it's like, stop, stop. I don't want to think that way. I'm trying to relax and enjoy 
the movie with my family, but it's just the way your mind is trained to work, unfortunately. It is. I know my case, I never quite get beyond that. I always tell people this. I was retired at the ripe old age of 33, and that was a long time ago. I've been retired longer than I ever was in law enforcement now. So my, my oath to enforce the law expired many, many years ago. However, my oath to protect and especially to back up other officers has, is never going to go away. And I think I'll be that way till I die. And so when my wife and I got to dinner, she's become used to it. I'm very used to it. But there's a certain mindset where, you, all right, I want to see the door, people coming in. I don't want to have my back to people. And I find myself on occasion mentally frisking some, some guys and go, there's something not quite right, right with him. And, it, and if I have to fight that guy, I'm going to kick him in the knee because he looks like he's a brawler. Uh, and when I tell people that sort of stuff, they go, there's something really wrong with you. But I'm not the exception to the rule. I'm, I'm a lot like many, many people I know that worked in this field for a long time. And, you know, when you start thinking about the sights and sounds to a supporter of somebody that's out serving, whether in whatever fashion it may be, some of the greatest sights are seeing their their duty boots sitting somewhere that that you can recognize or the sound of Velcro from them undoing their Kevlar vest. You know, nothing sounds better than that because you know that they're home safely. They may have emotional scars to deal with later, but their physical being is safe within your walls of your home. And it's just, there's something comforting about some of those sights and sounds. I think everybody works as a first responder. And like, again, I can't speak for the firefighters, corrections officers, dispatchers, EMTs, I, I don't have that experience. But I do know that, that anybody that has a significant career in law enforcement, you're going to be changed. You're going to be changed emotionally. It doesn't mean everybody walks around with PTSD uh, or PTSI, as I like to call it. Uh, although I've seen surveys that say that about 30% of first responders in law enforcement have some degree of post-traumatic stress uh, injury in their life. And their families are affected by it too. It, it's something that it's impossible to isolate away from the family life. And that's usually where it's first diagnosed was with family problems. Right. And that's exactly what kind of spearheaded the, the nonprofit that I do now is because it was based off of a movie with Taya and Chris Kyle, the American sniper is not my kind of movie. I am not one of those shoot 'em up kind of people that will pay money to go see that. However, that movie came out shortly after my husband became a sworn police officer and he picked up the relationship problems that they were facing and he realized that I had said some of the very same things to him that Taya Kyle had said to Chris you know and that is when you're here you're not here I need you to be connected and I you know it just it's amazing how quickly somebody's personality can change and they don't realize it but it's simply because of their experience on the street and this happens to men and women that work in law Absolutely. enforcement. It's not just a male thing. People might say, oh, it's a, it's a macho thing. It's not. It happens across the board. And there becomes a point for many of them, and it's not, not permanent for most, where they begin to isolate emotionally, where they just are emotionally disconnected from those that matter the most. Oh, most definitely. And again, that's one of the things that I just, I'm so passionate about because I grew up being told that counseling is not something that normal people do. You only do that if there's a problem that needs fixing. But if you stop and think about if you have that outlet of just getting something out there and sharing something and knowing that other people 
have similar experiences and feelings, it takes that pressure off. And then you can really start to cope on the things that you have seen and done. There was a time in my life where the joke was that the only people that that needed therapy or were qualified for therapy were like Hollywood celebrities and actors. The normal people didn't have that. And we are like, suck it up, buttercup was the mentality, not just for law enforcement, for everybody in life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm, unfortunately, that doesn't and work. Just, right. And, you know, I just, I really would love to see a change in that and getting back to, you know, let's just be proactive about it and let's talk about things and let's get it out there so that we can fix it and know that it's, it's far more normal than what we think. And it's not a bad thing. We're running out of time. So before we have to wrap things up, let's give people your website and where they can get more information about Blue Bow Foundation. Sure. They can visit www.bluebow.org and they can find us on all the other social media outlets and we'd love to hear from people. Kimberly Colley, EMT law enforcement spouse and one of the directors of blue bow foundation thanks so very much for being a guest on the law enforcement today show it's very much appreciated well thank you for having us we thoroughly enjoyed it and getting to share our story thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at law enforcement today on behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website this is john j wiley until next time see ya 